Need something to keep the kids busy this July? Have your kids join the Washington Wizards this summer virtually. The Wizards Basketball Academy is offering free virtual summer camps presented by Under Armour starting on Monday, July 13th. There will be three one-hour sessions per day for four consecutive weeks. The sessions are open for boys and girls of all ages and will focus on skill development that can be done at home with minimum equipment. Sessions are filling up fast. Learn more and register your kids today at dcfamily.com slash virtual camp. Wizards fans, welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Filio. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and are featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and the Wizards app. You can follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter at WashWizardsPN, and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. On today's episode of Off the Bench, Zach Rosen, Chris Gearing, and I run through everything to watch for during Washington's Wednesday scrimmage against them. All right, guys, every day we get a little bit closer to returning to play here. We're recording this on Tuesday, basketball eve, essentially. It's not it's not going to be games that count this week, but we're going to see the Wizards match up against a team uh, in a different uniform, and that's pretty exciting considering everything that has happened over the last few months. So for those that don't know, Wednesday afternoon, 3.30 p.m., the Wizards are going to take on the Nuggets in their first of three scrimmages leading up to the seeding games in Orlando. It will be broadcast on NBC Sports Washington, so we know everybody's at home. Take a break in the afternoon or throw it on in the background. This will be uh, exciting stuff, all things considered, to finally see the team back out on the court and working through some of the different things that we're going to talk about here today. Uh, it's going to be an important month of basketball and really, really important that they come out and are able to hone in on, on some things and, and shake off the rust that uh, has inevitably developed over the last few months. But that's something that all 22 teams playing will have to deal with. Um, there is a lot to kind of work through here. and. A lot of different intriguing situations to keep an eye on. But, Rosen, we'll start with you. What jumps out number one in, in terms of things you'll be watching during the scrimmage? I think it's, you know, I've been watching them and everyone's seen highlights of the five-on-five five that we've been doing. So just going from that where you're playing against personnel you're super familiar with, you know kind of the plays being run, and then going up against um, a team that, you haven't seen who, when did we play Denver? November. Um, and then I think we played them again at home. So, you know, it's, it's been a long time, you know, talking to some of the coaches who are being tasked with scouting this, they're like, I don't even know who's here for them. I don't know, you know, how to even prepare for this. Um, but obviously they are finding a way to do so, you know, not trying to take anything away from them, but it's, it's a difficult process to really foresee um, what you're matching up against. So I think, for the Wizards is just, you know, I think these three scrimmages are like a measuring stick of how their ball movement looks, um, how their camaraderie looks, how their defensive schemes look. Um, you don't know who's going to take it seriously um, and, you know, how many players will play for each team. You know, is LeBron really going to play in a scrimmage um, next week? Is Kawhi, uh, the Morris twins, for example, aren't even here yet. They're traveling today reportedly. So, you just see, you know, every team is coming together differently, but at least for the Wizards outside of Jared Utah, everybody 
has been playing in the five on five. So they'll be ready to go. Everyone's in good conditioning. Um, so that's kind of the general things that I'm looking at. Seems like when you talk to coaches in preseason and in training camp a lot, the like the common line of coach speak is like, you know, these games and these practices are about us. They're about our schemes. They're about our principles. And it, and it seems like that's kind of the, the mode that the Wizards and, and every team is going to have to be in for these, these at least these tune-up games. And I would assume that some of the teams that have their playoff spots solidified are going to treat the, the seeding games similarly as well. Seeing how they need to um, rotate personnel, getting a, good, a better idea of actual game fitness and improving that, monitoring that. I, you know, every team has so much technology now to monitor all those types, types of things um, really, really exactly. And so I think they'll use this time to get a good picture of where everybody is fitness-wise um, and all that. But, yeah, I, I think, Rosen, you're, you're exactly right. And then I'm really looking forward to just seeing, seeing the chemistry that the, the Wizards and, and every team has, have been able to develop during this time. Um, I'm curious to see the teams that have played together more, how they look coming out of this, as opposed to teams that have had to make some additions and spots that are going to end up getting big minutes, guys that are sitting out, replacement players, things like that. Uh, every team is going to be in a different spot, but I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing the Wizards just get out there and, and give it a go. And in, the, in these first three games, um, I think that with the pressure being off a little bit, I'm, I'm just curious to see the, see the growth that's taken place because there's enough young players on this roster where I think a lot of them could have taken, you know, they, they can take steps into this, this, these seeding games um, and play better than we saw them when the season was suspended. And I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things to watch is also going to be communication. And I think a lot of times communication can be like effort where you just kind of have to do it. You just have to say what you see. And in some, to some degree that helps, but to take that to the next level, it matters what you are communicating and you have to have a full understanding of what's happening out there and you, your brain has to be fully in tune and fresh and then conditioned, not just, you know, there's not just physical conditioning out there for these guys, there's mental conditioning and the repetition of seeing this stuff over and over and over again and understanding what they're communicating about. And it's going to be really interesting to watch, I think, with A, a lot of young guys, B, all players that have been off for the last four months or three and a half months, however you want to count what the last few weeks of workouts have been. And then C, new guys, guys that haven't played with this team before, guys that don't have an understanding necessarily of the Wizards system and what they do. Now, these are all problems that every single team is going to have to face, but communication is going to be really, really interesting just in terms of guys actually knowing what they're communicating and then helping each other out on that end. Another little wrinkle that might add to this is, Normally, communication is not something you can track or see from a distance, but we're all going to be able to hear probably a little bit more than we're able to hear in these empty, fanless arenas. So those in attendance will certainly be able to track it. Maybe those watching on TV will hear a little bit more, but communication will certainly be a key. And that, I think, obviously runs a lot through the point guard position, which is another thing I think the Wizards are keeping an eye on over the course of these three seeding games. Um, there's a lot of dribbles to go around for this team. I think ideally any of the coaches will tell you we don't want any one player necessarily dribbling as much as a Bradley Beal 
does because Bradley Beal does things that other players can't do. Um, there's going to be a lot of move the ball as fast as you can, shoot, pass, or go type play. A lot of teamwork on this side. But in terms of the point guard position between Shabazz Napier-ish Smith and maybe if there's an outside contender that hasn't played a lot of point guard on the team so far, Rosen, what do you see in terms of that position battle playing out? Well, Shabazz Napier was starting, you know, before the season went into hiatus, and I, I would expect him to to continue to start. I think Ish Smith just brings that punch off the bench. He's better suited to come off the bench. I think he probably complements um, those on that are also going to be reserves just for you know getting out and running. Whereas uh, I think you need Napier out there to to serve as kind of a combo guard in general to get some shots up uh, to get the game going. Whereas Ish, you know, he's better as just a uh, distributor. He, he's not – he doesn't want to go out and shoot 30 times. Um, not saying Shabazz wants to do that, but that's his skill set. You know, he's a bucket getter, and he can set up his teammates. So, I think you look there. It's funny watching Jerome Robinson. He almost has similar moves to Bradley Beal. Like, uh, he's got a step back now that he can use. Um, I don't know what to call it, but when Brad goes to the rim and he kind of uses his body to, to shove, you know – shove off or shoulder off whoever's guarding him um, getting to the pain and putting up a shot he has that move so I, I think you could see a Shabazz Jerome backcourt I don't know if that's going to happen but um, that would give the Wizards you know a good one-two punch just in terms of offense and then Jerome can play pretty good defense uh, and then I think it's kind of up to Bonga and Troy who's going to start at the three I think Rui and Thomas Bryant will both start so that's kind of how I see it I mean, you could always start Troy and Bonga at the two and three, um, but I still think you would want one of those guys to come off the bench with Ish. I'm, I'm also really curious. We talked about a little bit of the communication aspect of it, and obviously Jerry and Grant came, came into this team when we learned that players wouldn't be going with the Wizards, but his, his experience working with the Go-Go, and I'm just I'm very interested to see if, the, if there's minutes for him in this rotation, how, how those minutes go because of – the synergy that we've talked about a ton with monumental basketball and the go-go everybody being in the same building. He's an interesting player as, as like a fairly big guard, um, pretty good vision, a fairly good shooter. His numbers in the G league this year were, were really strong. And I just wonder if, you know, every, every team is going to have one or two players coming into the team that have not worked with the core very much, but I do wonder if his experience with the go-go staff and, and just being in the building a little bit um, can help him and help him be a contributor just because his, his skill set, his frame are all things that are interesting to me for, for this team as, as potentially more punch and just a, a bigger guard than Shabazz and Ish and Jerome. Um, it'll just be interesting to see. I, again, no speculation as to where his, where he lies in the rotation. I don't know if it's, if it's really anywhere at this point, um, but he's just an interesting player to me dating all the way back to like when we, when we watched him in college, watched him in the big East. It's just um, an interesting player to watch. I think you'll see him get some minutes for sure at the one or two. Um, like you said, the synergy with the go-go makes it a pretty easy transition for all those players who spent most of their seasons with the go-go. Um, and I would, I would be pretty surprised, especially in these scrimmage games, like everyone's going to play. Yeah. And so it's just like a tryout to see, what works, you know, an extension of practice and, and they'll go from there. I mean, it, it's super beneficial for the coaching staff, but 
I mean, the Wizards down here, I would expect all of them to get an opportunity to, to play. Like, they're here. They're missing their three top scorers, um, including John Wall, who missed the whole season. So, um, yeah, Jaron Grant's an interesting player to watch. I mean, players like him, like, this is kind of a make-or-break moment for him for his NBA career, too. You know, he could really get another contract out of this and continue his playing career. And he's still super young. I mean, he got drafted only four or five years ago. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the organization preaches versatility a lot. And I think you're going to see that more than ever down here. There's so, We talk about the point guards being Ish and Shabazz, but there are so many non-guards on this team that play guard roles a lot of the time and handle a lot of the dribbling, whether that's, you know, yeah. Aaron Grant is a long, long, and he played a lot of primary point guard with the go-go, don't get me wrong, but he's, he's a non-traditional point guard by almost every every measure. But yeah. Trayvon Jr., Isak Bonga, both of these guys bring the ball up a decent amount throughout the season and kind of flirted with that point guard position. Brewery, I would not say flirts with the point guard position, but for somebody in his position, handles the ball in transition, brings it up a lot. So it's going to be maybe just as interesting to watch how many different guys are bringing the ball up the court as they are running the actual point, because I think you're going to see everybody across the board short of the three or four centers that the Wizards are working with, bringing the ball up the court and, and running some version of point guard. But I think the next uh, hole that kind of needs to be filled by Brad and Bertans is the shooting. And there's obviously going to be a drop-off in total three-pointers attempted, I think, with this Wizards team. That is inevitable, but it's not going to just be a complete subtraction of those shots. There are going to be some guys on the team that take more than they took during the previous, we'll call it the previous regular season. Um, who do you guys think are the prime candidates to fill some of those shots from beyond the arc? Like I mentioned, I think Napier and Robinson are going to take a lot of threes. Um, and they can make them. Uh, I think Bong has gotten a lot better at threes. Uh, if Admiral Schofield plays, he's been shooting really well. Tom Spryan's been shooting really well. Um, I, I think everyone is capable of shooting threes. I mean, Rui, we've we've talked about in the past, like his the arc on his shot's better. Um, I, I think he'll take more threes. I think if somebody's open – and they feel confident in their shot, they're going to take it. Um, but there's definitely going to be more uh, mid-range taken by this group. Uh, I think, you know, Brad took a lot of mid-range. Bertans never really did. Um, but this group, they're more skilled in, like, getting to their spots, and a lot of their spots happen to be in the mid-range. So um, between that, yeah, I think shooting is going to be a big question, though. Like, some guys get cold. Where are they going to formulate their offense? And that's why – there's such an emphasis for this team to just get out and run. Like, honestly, I think if Scott Brooks could have it his way, he would have no half-court sets the entire game and just have these guys run because everyone can bring the ball up. Everyone's ball handling is much improved, mainly from Zoom sessions. Um, you're probably not going to see, like, AP dribble the ball up the court, but probably everybody else, I think, and Jan. But I think every other player that's here, I think Brooks is confident with them just taking the ball up. Yeah, and I – I, and just their ability, like the bigs' ability to run the floor on this team. Like you mentioned, the two that may not be, you know, out ahead of the break in in AP and Jan as as more traditional fives. But Thomas Bryant, Rui, and obviously all the all the rest of the forwards and guards. I mean, we we saw the the video of Rui throwing down in practice the other day that we just put out on social media. I mean, his his game in transition and his ability to attack just just on odd when, when you're facing odd odd men getting back 
he can be really dangerous and he, and he can really punish you from his position. If the person who's supposed to be checking Rui is, is not able to, to run with him in transition, um, that becomes a big problem. And, and he, he can certainly hurt teams that way. And I think it'll be a brand of basketball. Quite honestly, it's going to be really fun to watch, to watch all these guys get up and down the floor and just attack off of rebounds off of, I mean, even after makes just pushing other teams. Um, it, it's interesting when, when NBA teams choose to play that way, how, how often they can play up to competition when you, when you sustain that type of play um, for a long time and that's your philosophy you can really put pressure on teams and, and, and not really allow them to, to get comfortable. And I know that that's been a, that's been something that coach Brooks has preached on defense anyway, creating those fast break opportunities. That's we've heard that for years. And um, he certainly has the, he certainly has the bodies of the young players to do it. And why, why not right now? It's just push teams that may not be as, as in sync may not have played as much together this year. Uh, it's it's I think it's I think it's a sound strategy and one that that can really benefit this team that a lot of players that are creative in transition and can finish. Let's talk big men briefly. The Wizards have a, a unique little crew down there. Jan Mahimi, uh, Thomas Bryant got down late, but he's down there. And so far, good reviews out of Coach Brooks on on how he looks in terms of his conditioning. Uh, Mo Wagner and then Andres Pasekniks, uh down there as well. I think we'll likely see. Uh, a good amount of action. I don't know. Do we include Jared Utoff in this group? Um, maybe he, he's going to stretch the floor a little bit, but maybe he belongs in this conversation as well. I think this group is going to have to really work some things out is maybe just the best way to put it. Um, kind of with that, that shooting drop off, they're not going to have necessarily as much room to work with as they have in the past. Um, it will be interesting to see how those minutes are shared. I can't imagine given how much, versatility and pace the Wizards have talked about playing with that we're going to see two of them on the court together really at all unless it's for experimental reasons during these scrimmage games. Rosen, start with you again. In, in terms of the big men, what do you think some of the focus points are at least over the course of the next week or so? Protect the paint. I mean, this team was basically just couldn't defend uh, the Ram most of the season and the defense got a lot better as a unit. So I think the, the, if you're playing defense on or playing at center for this team, you need to play defense and that's, who's going to get the most minutes. I think the rim protectors, but because of the, the allocation of this roster, there's a lot of the bigs that are probably going to play together at the four and the five. Like you could see Thomas Bryan and, AP play together, Mo Wagner and Jan play together, Jonathan Williams and Rui could play together. You know, there's, there's a lot of different combos. I mean, Rui could play the three also. Um, it, it's just that versatility that we talk about a lot. So um, I, first and foremost, you got to play defense. That, that's got to be the first thing on their mind. Um, and just communicating, that's been a huge, huge um, – concern for this team all season but in the practices and you can hear them in, in the highlights and everything they're really communicating a lot better calling out plays hopefully that continues when they face other teams especially like veterans team veteran teams that might intimidate you a little bit um they'll definitely be key and then i guess just 
before we go, and this is obviously super exciting that we're, we got basketball back and it'll be great to watch. Like I said, the Wizards playing against a team in, in another jersey for the first time in a while. But without overstating the importance of this game, this is just a scrimmage that largely will be about getting, getting their legs under them and, and seeing the court again for the first time in a while. But Chris, we'll start with you here. What is the ideal scenario coming out of this game? What do the Wizards want to see when they wake up Thursday and begin preparing again for the next scrimmage and inching closer to the seeding games? I think health is one thing. I think related to that is, is just their ability to recover from playing a full game for the first time in, in months. Um, that that's one. And that's, I don't know, that's a cheap one. Maybe that's, that's an obvious one, but I think, I think improved just seeing that they can space the floor, finding guys who can knock down open shots that they're going to create with, with their pace. Um, Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant, uh, taking some steps in the in that department, I think would be a huge win for this team. And it's, I think those are two things that they're also looking forward to into next season when they look at guys who are going to be supporting John and Brad. Those are things that that John and Brad need to have around them. And I I, I think that that's maybe something to to really watch for is is the steps that those two can take. Um, yeah, those are two things out of one game I would love to see. And and we'll see them hopefully continue to progress on, on a lot of fronts as they keep playing. But those are two things I'm really interested in. I, 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 I really believe that those two guys can take big steps for this team. And I think that starts, that starts in Orlando this, this year for them and, and hopefully we'll be able to carry it over. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. It's just a, it's a, the other thing I'll mention is it's a test run for everyone. You know, only part of our travel party went over to the arena yesterday just to see what it looks like. So there's just like a lot of adjustments, you know, everyone has their assigned seats on the bench. You have to stick to that seat. Um, there's regulations about how soon you can get to the arena. You know, you can't shower there. The locker room is more so just a changing station really. I mean, in a gathering spot to, to hang out, but with no fans, do players just go and hang out like by the court before the game? I mean, it's just going to be so interesting to see. So, you know, for everybody, media availability for myself, capturing content with no fans and being, you know, where we can go, it's just a test run for everybody. So that's really the exhibitions are good for everybody to just, you know, get that feeling back. No doubt it will be. Certainly fun to watch how it all plays out on and off the court, everything surrounding the game as well. But uh, we're back. Basketball is here. We did it against against all odds. It is it's going to happen. So, like we said, we encourage everybody tomorrow afternoon. Uh, excuse me, Wednesday afternoon, three thirty p.m. NBC Sports Washington. Uh, tune in and, and check it out. It's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be basketball. Whether the quality of play is where it's going to be in a couple of weeks, probably not. But it's going to be basketball nonetheless. So. Uh, encourage everybody as well to keep checking in on wizards.com and the wizard social channels, all the great content Rosen is providing on the Wisney world blog and giving people a look inside the bubble down there. Troy Brown jr's Ballin' in the bubble blog as well available on his and the wizards YouTube. Um, and we will continue to keep churning out the, the inside look stuff for this, this very, very unique circumstance, but I think that will do it for us here today. Uh, and we will check back again soon.